Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. Parents, how do you protect your children from being hurt? More specifically, how do you protect your children from predators or abusers? Is there a fail-safe way to ensure that their safety is guaranteed? Now, all of these questions are big questions. And if you are a parent, they might be questions that you have considered. Pretty much every parent gives thought to things like this because it's part of our role as parents to protect our children from harm. But what about if if you are someone who has grown up being abused in some way? Will you be working overtime to move heaven and earth to try to make sure that your children never have to go through what you went through as a child? Maybe you are, but try as you might. Can any of us prevent our children from ever being hurt? Now, these are a few questions that we will be diving into in today's episode of Tiara's Tears and Triumphs. Now, ideally, we want to find a balance where children are also allowed to explore and be carefree. Kids must have opportunities to fall down and get bumped and bruised. After all, this is what helps to strengthen the human character. This is where resilience is learned. This is where tenacity is created. And this is the place where we all learn that life has its ups and its downs. So how do we as parents equip our children to have the best possible chance of protecting themselves or in getting help when they need it, if they do come into contact with someone who is abusive or predatory. Well, today's guest comes from a history of being a child in a war-torn country who also experienced child abuse. She migrated to Australia at the age of 11. My guest, Vanya Beric is now a counsellor who helps others build on their own self-belief. Vanya helps women to understand that no matter what their past is, that they get to choose their future. So if you are feeling like you could gain some insight with ways to give your children freedom while still helping them to understand their rights and what to do if they run into trouble, then stick around for the rest of today's interview because that plays a big part in the conversation that I have with our guest today, Vanya. All right, let's open the door on today's episode. I'd like to ask you who you think the hero of this podcast is. I want to tell you the hero 
is not me. And the hero, as fantastic and amazing as the guests that I have on Tiara's Tears and Triumphs are, they're also not the hero of the podcast. The real hero of the podcast is you. It's you and your transformational journey. It's that engagement that you have as you stand up and you fight for your life. You fight to strive to have the life that you want to live. You make the change. You make it happen. And you can. And I want you to know that and hold your head high, knowing every time that you show up and you listen to another episode, that's you being the hero. Just a caution. If you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. A very, very warm welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. Thank you so much for coming on as a feature guest on the podcast. Really, really looking forward to having this chat with you and getting to know you a bit better and just having a little bit of a look at what's gone on in your past um, and, you know, how that's impacted the person that you are today, this lovely, lovely person sitting in front of me. Um, with a lovely smile and looking very, very grounded. So welcome, Vanya, and um, yeah, just welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I am, yes, very, very uh, happy to be here. Yeah. So you're, um, where are you from and where are you living now? That's, you know, I'm curious about both those things because I don't know. <laughs> Well, I'm originally from Yugoslavia yes. um, and I, I live in Perth, Australia now. Okay. All right. And so how long have you been here in Australia? Um, ooh, 20-something years, 20-plus years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I came when I was 11. Um, there was uh, So when I was five, a war started in Yugoslavia yeah. um, and then went on for about five years or so. Um, and so we moved to Australia when I was 11 and I've been here ever since. I can detect a tiny, tiny yeah. accent and it's quite, you know, funny. My mother, she migrated from Germany when she was a similar age. She was only 12 years old and uh, she doesn't have an accent at all all my father was also from Germany but he migrated when he was 19 and he had a very thick accent that he was never able to shake so it's really interesting how uh, children when they migrate to another country they might still have that you know little hint of an accent that says 
maybe you weren't originally from Australia because there's this lovely little hint of another accent that tells me that you're from another country. So um, so that was a very harrowing reason to relocate because of your country was war-torn. Um, can you remember, you know, how you felt about that as a child? Um, I don't, um, I, I had a lot of, uh, trauma in my life and, um, there was a lot that, um, that I guess my brain, um, shut off and, and, and forgot, um, through doing the healing process, I started remembering a lot more. So a lot more details and things like that. In terms of the war, I honestly don't remember feeling any certain type of way about it. Um, as a child, I mean, I was five when it started. So to me and everybody around me was moving, shifting, you know, like everybody around us was struggling. So this was just a normal, like it, there wasn't anything scary or, 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 or special. We had, uh, I remember that we had uh, UNICEF come to the schools and um, sort of give us you know, teach us as such, so children, um, what to do if you come across a landmine. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, like, um, so, and then literally, because you would move from place to place and you would move where the war has already happened, you know, in the hope that, well, they've already been here, they've decided where the borders are, they're not going to come back and, you know, <laughs> refight this battle here. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was a lot of... Um, you know, destroyed places, destroyed buildings, um, very unstable places, um, and a lot of landmines as well. So um, I remember us being taught about, um, you know, like which way to go and, and if you come, if you step on a landmine, you know, is there anything that you can do and, and things like that. Um, and I don't remember feeling anything about it. I think when you are in that survival mode, there isn't a lot of time for feelings. Um and then it's only kind of after you come out of it that, um, and again, my parents did the best they could, to, you know, to shield us as, as kids from everything that was happening. So when we, when I was coming out of it and when I you know, came to Australia and I was in my early sort of um, late teens, early 20s, that kind of everything settled and, you know, um, and I also experienced abuse and the abuse stopped and, and everything settled that I was no longer in survival mode, that the side effects of everything started to appear, you know, or I guess I started to feel, <laughs> you know, I could finally put the, I don't know, the battle down and just, just, just started to feel and that's when everything hit. And um, yeah, so, and then as life progressed and as I did my healing, you know, a new layer would show up, a new thing would show up that I would be like, oh, wait a minute, not everybody is, uh, you know, gets triggered from that. Not everybody thinks of it that way. Why am I thinking of it that way, you know, and, and those kind of things. Yeah, so you've been through a lot. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So many of the things that you were talking about, you know, I can really relate to and it's and these are things that I've heard time and time again um with people having this recall of their 
childhood that will come to them you know much later mm -hmm. uh, and then there it is hello we've got to now deal with all of that um, stuff that was buried out of necessity because your energy was needed to just go into basic survival at that time yeah. and yeah and negotiate that um and yeah it's just so interesting how you know that how trauma impacts on us in different ways at different times and it can happen at the most unexpected times um where we you know just starting to feel a bit of normality again and bam you know it, it, us, yeah. there there it is um in all its glory and you, you're totally shaken you know by it and what you were talking about with the the reactiveness and understanding that the way that you're perhaps reacting to a situation is not the way that normal you know yeah. um, in parentheses you know people would be responding to that and I think normal you know normal is a spectrum at the best of times yeah. and um but you know when you're not kind of coping or where your response is a bit out of whack with uh, you know what would be sort of the appropriate response to whatever it is that has triggered you um so a lot of it sounds like you know that that overwhelm where the your nervous system was just saying I've had it, you know, I need some help. I need some help to heal. I need some time. I need some space. And um, perhaps if you, whatever you're really comfortable with sharing, Vanya, because, you know, I really want you to feel okay about the things that you're talking about. And I know that with different points of the healing journey, like we're able to talk about different things because... Yeah those things won't be making us feel so raw and sore when we're sharing them with others and when we when we know that we can sort of talk openly about something it is that little comforting indicator to us that we've progressed you know to that point in our own healing journey where we're actually able to talk about it so my next question is just with your um the abuse that you mentioned before if you could uh perhaps just paint a little bit of a picture about you know when and that happened to you and um and the types of things that might have happened that looked like red flags at the time or just you know let us know you know I guess the context, give us a bit of a context because there are many different forms of abuse that can mm -hmm. happen to people um, and different durations and, you know, there's coercive control, there's psychological abuse, there's financial abuse, there's sexual abuse, there's, you know, a myriad of different types of abuse. So I suppose if you could um, just share whatever you're happy sharing about that, Vanya, that would be Right. Yeah. Um, look, in terms of the, so um, I've had, I guess my first, um, I, I, you know, I call it introduction to sex at the age of seven, I think. 
Um, I can't remember exactly what time, but something somewhere around there. Um, and you know, I, I've had it. Um, I've had it happen multiple times with, with with different people, and once when I came to Australia as well. Um, and it wasn't, you know, but what looking on it, uh, back on it now in terms of red flags, there was something even at the age of seven. Um, and that, you know, um, being a therapist myself, uh, you know, this was something that was um, interesting, you know, it was interesting to me. And I wanted to research it myself in terms of because it was something that I, I reflected on previously, you know, did I see anything? Did I see anything wrong with it? As a child, I think I felt something was off. Um, because I, you know, the, there was a few times when I, you know, um, when I didn't want to be alone with that person, you know, I know there was a few times, there was just a, a time, you know, I didn't ever want to be alone with that person. Um, I was always trying to, you know, escape that kind of thing. So um, looking back on it now, I must have known something was wrong. Um, but there is also that conflict because that person was close to me. Um, and I guess that's the one that had most impact because it happened continuously. Um, because that person was so close to me that, um, you know, there was this battle between, you know, like they are family, but also they are, um, you know, something to me at that age, something wasn't sitting right. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, um, in terms of the, those are the red flags that I noticed by the age of 11, by the age it happened, um, the sort of the last time um, by a completely new person. Um, by this stage, I, I was well aware because the, like I, I saw something in their eyes um, and it was, uh, so it was an attack and I, I managed to run away, but like, I just, you know, I knew straight away um, and thankfully I did. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess I, I don't know whether it was, I knew something straight away because I've experienced it before or because, you know, something about them was different but I certainly again um I knew something was up within the first minute of the conversation yeah. um one of the things that I have again noticed on reflecting this is years and years later one of the things that um, my parents very much taught me which um a lot of people feel proud to have but uh, it's something that I'm mindful to teach my daughter is um, this thing called respect mm -hmm. and being respectful to your elders. And um, to me and to my family, what respect meant is not talking back at all. Uh, you know, just uh, it was always like, you know, an elder is up here and you as a minor or even, you know, slightly younger, are, you know, we were not on the same level. And I found that impacted a lot how I responded you know, I didn't scream and, and make a big deal out of it. It was very much, you know, I still had that fear of respect. Um, and so that's one of the things I have a daughter now. And that's one of the things that I very much try and teach her that we are all on the same level and we all, um, everyone deserves the same level of respect. Mm -hmm. But if someone is not even attacking you, but you have the right to speak up. Mm. 
and you have the right to say something in kindness. And if someone doesn't like it, that is their problem to deal with. And that goes with, you know, if she speaks up something in front of her grandparents or us or anyone, if we don't like it, I mean, she's only three, so there isn't much, you know, she has an opinion on it. Um, but, you know, it's something that, you know, I guess that if, if you're ever at a point where you feel like you should, you should stay quiet, don't. I'm That's- so grateful to you for bringing that up because that was my very next question. I didn't know that you were a mum yet, mm. but so you've been the child who's been vulnerable and who has not had a voice and um, has not been allowed to have that voice within the context of what your family structure looked like. But you now are a mum yourself and you now have an opportunity to, you know, teach your daughter that she can have a voice, that her voice matters and that there's nothing that she can't come to you and talk about. You're always going to be there to listen to whatever is going on. It's quite a confronting thing to be a mother and I would be interested to hear whether you are super vigilant with your daughter because of your own experiences which I would think would be completely understandable for you and I I I say this because I have um, experience with a, a very dear friend of mine who was very very vigilant with her own children Mm -hmm. um, wouldn't allow them to do things like sleepovers um, because she did not want to have any possibility of them being at risk of having to go through um, the things that she went through as a child so has that also been something that's played on your mind Let's take a quick break to breathe and hear about how to find the keys that you need to be free. You're off to a great start because you've found this podcast to help you to heal your heart. Now, each episode is jam-packed with support and inspiration, but don't forget to check out the episode notes, which is set up to be your life support station. In there, you'll find links to a crisis support list, plus a way to contact us and so much more to help you close the door on fearfulness and pick up the keys to a life where good things are going to be again in store. Okay, take another breath and let it go and turn your attention back to today's show so yes I remember even before um, we had a lot of trouble falling pregnant so I had a lot of time to think about everything Um, so I remember um, before I was even pregnant um, 
I guess there was a little bit of hesitancy whether I want a child because what if it's a daughter and how do I protect her? And again, upon that reflection, I was like, well, the only way that I can protect her is if I'm with her 24-7 until she's about 40 and then maybe I can let her go. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, but I don't want her, I don't want that for her either because then she's not living so and then okay so then I went back through you know my own situation and it, uh, there was a point where I realized that you can't protect your kids from harm like they're you know as, unless you're with them 24 7 and you know um stuff will happen and it doesn't of course it doesn't mean sexual abuse will happen but something you know something will happen they get their heart broken and I feel like in a way um now they're meant to that's what builds them to the people that you know they're going to be I think for me and this is where um the way that I am raising her I am trying to um what I was missing at the time was that trust that there was someone I could turn to and speak to um was the trust that I could use my voice and so Again, she's only three, so, you know, we don't have come across these um, issues. But I think if I can build a relationship with her and my husband, with either of us, with someone where she can turn to and we can get um, the help she needs or, you know, the help we need or whatever it is, but just build that trust um, that she can speak up and she can use her voice. I think that for me carries more weight because whether it's, you know, whether someone tried to attack her or um, someone's bullying her or whatever it is throughout life that happens, if she feels like she can turn to me or to someone and she feels like there is a safe space um, and then we can take action from that point, that that's a good start. That's a way to start. And I, I, one of the things that helped me digest that and understand that is, uh, there was research done that, um, so say, for example, two adults experience two exactly the same thing. So they, you know, something like a, a traumatic car accident, which can be very traumatic to the brain. Um, the one that had that, um, I guess, safe upbringing where they felt, um, you know, they formed a good attachment to their caregivers um, and, you know, just felt safe still stuff happened but you know they felt safe they will process it much 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 quicker it won't have as much effect on them as you know the other person who didn't have that who you know grew up in a you know felt unsafe in the environment felt like they couldn't use their voice you know so there's just a very unhealthy attachment um to their caregivers so that that kind of thing and when I read that study, I was like, oh, okay, well, that helps me understand that um, it's the actual, you know, how I raise her, yeah. that is the foundation of it. And then whatever happens in life after that, hopefully I've given her the tools and um, the whatever she needs to get through that. I love that you've said that. Um, so I was just thinking as you were talking about that, that it's coming from the difference is kind of coming from that place of fear and insecurity. So if you're not finding that you've got 
that security being offered to you via your family, basically saying stuff happens in life. You know, there are going to be ups and downs in life. That is what life is. You are not going to get through life without getting bumped and bruised. Yep. But we're there for you and we're going to be here to support you so you're not alone in what you're going through and whatever it is it'll be okay we'll figure something out you know so that's I mean that is such a gift to be able to give to anybody is just to say it's going to be okay you know, I can't save you go from going through heartache, from going through pain, from going through suffering, but I am here for you. I am that shoulder. I am here to give you a hug. I am here to support you and help you to, you know, get back up on your feet again and keep going and, and you know, taking life on for what it is because, we just never know really, you know, we can't offer our children any guarantees. And I know I did my fair share of helicopter parenting with my children after we went through a lot of trauma where um, my ex-partner had basically tried to do away with us. So it was a very vengeful situation that we were in and, um, and I was very scared for our safety and mm. um, nothing felt safe for us. I didn't know where we could go to help get that sense of safety and security back again. And so because that risk was very real for me, it was a very challenging time for me to try and say to my children, you know what? somehow we're going to get through this it's going to be okay um and I fought tooth and nail but and we are okay but I was very very protective of them for good reason at that yes, time of you know yep. but I did what I felt I needed to do I guess is the the mother tiger looking after her cubs to make sure that they were safe so I was like no you know wherever they are I need to do what I can to make sure that their environment the environment that they're going into where I'm not going to be present whether it was school or on the bus getting on and off the buses or you know at, at their schools or going and doing their extracurricular activities that I had to let go of them at those times and just let them try and be normal kids and go through their days and get bumped and bruised and go through their scrapes and have their emotional upsets and do everything that they needed to do. I couldn't buffer them from everything. I wanted to buffer them, but there's only so much that I could do. And I had to learn, and it was very hard to do yep. because <laughs> I just wanted to keep my kids safe. So, but I did need to learn to let go bit by bit by bit and let them have their freedom you know because yeah. they all I was doing was weighing them down by not giving them the freedom that they needed to find their confidence 
in themselves to be able to take on challenges in life and to do what kids need to do to learn and develop so um yeah so it was it's great that we're having this conversation because it's not one I don't think I've focused on this conversation so much with anybody else before Vanya so it's a really good thing to look at as parents of children you know we've been through things in our past that have rocked our sense of security um, and our sense of feeling safe and like the world is a safe place because yeah. people have come in and done things that they shouldn't have done to us. And um, obviously that's, you know, had us looking at life through a, a lens that you wouldn't wish to have people having to look through that lens at the world. So, um, so that, outlook then obviously you know will impact us as parents and how we parent our children and having that awareness around that I think is just so important that there may be flow-on effects from our own past experiences that go into our the way that we're parenting and that perhaps that that's something that as we go through our journey as parents that we need to be mindful about so we can perhaps look and see if things are a bit out of balance and maybe you know there's something that we need to do a little bit differently to allow ourselves to still feel okay but to give our children the freedom that they need to find their own feet in the world as well. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I guess it's always that, I mean, there, you know, there is no right answer um, and there is no, um, as you said, finding a little bit of that balance where we give them freedom because essentially when they do get cuts and bruises and when they do stumble and fall, that's when they find their strength you know that's when they go oh, I, I can get through that and I can get through that and um so it, and it, it is absolutely hard I think for anyone to allow their um you know to let go of that fear um I remember in when we were when I was going to school so um we we would walk to school you know because the towns that like the way that Yugoslavia is the towns are very very small um so there would only be one school per town kind of thing it would probably be like um high school and primary school together um and so we you know we would walk to school and you'd just have a sea of children just walk together and then you know walk together back um but there, there were points where uh the sirens would go off um in that city and that usually means either there is like you know, an enemy plane flying above um, and they could, be, you know, they could drop bombs or, you know, the um, soldiers are back in the, in, within the vicinity. Like, so basically we should seek shelter. Um, and again, so I, I moved to, to, to that place when I was, I think about seven-ish. Um, so somewhere from seven to 11, you know, we had this happen multiple times, uh, many, many times. And a few times this happened when I was walking to either to school from school 
And in school, we had our drills, you know, if something would happen, um, you know, where we would go and things like that. Um, but that process of, so you're walking either to school or from school. And you, obviously my mom knew at that point, you know, that she, you know, that, that I would be, you know, so I left at this point and, you know, it would take me whatever, 20 minutes to walk to school. And when those sirens went, went off, we would either make the decision, well, what's closer? Do we run back home or do we run to school? Because, you know, we both places we had some kind of shelter. Um, and then so at, at times we were closer to school. So we would just, you know, walk quickly to school. But um, I can't imagine now being a parent for my mum what that must have felt like because we had no phones. She had absolutely no idea whether I made it to school until it was time to go home at the end of the day. So, you know, and our school started at like seven o'clock. So, she, you know, I would leave home at like seven o'clock, 6.30 and I wouldn't be home till one o'clock. And there's those five, six hours where we might've made it home. You know, we might've made it to school. We might've not, she, she doesn't know. And that, I can't imagine mm. going through that. And then tomorrow she would send us to school again, you know, and hope that we would make it back home. Yeah, I yeah, completely like I'm just feeling like this tension as you're talking. <laughs> it would have been so hard for parents to let go and let their children have that bit of normality with still getting yes. that education in a time of war and yeah and needing to bunker down and seek shelter and yeah very harrowing very very harrowing for yeah parents of children going through that so yeah you have really you've lived through so much and now you're a therapist is that Correct. Yes. So yeah. can you talk about, you know, what was it your own sort of past that inspired you to become a therapist to help others? Yes, absolutely. It was more so actually my own healing that sort of drove that because um, where I'm from, and I hear this from so many people, depending on where they're from, um, you know, where I'm from, we don't do therapy. And that wasn't very much how I grew up. Um, and so when I went to therapy, I went in secret for about, um, I think, two years or something like that. Um, and it was very much that um, going through that healing and it was also um, working on those on myself. So looking on working on my, uh, you know, the belief in myself, my own worth, Um because those are the things that are that lacked on lacked sorry on top of the tra trauma, and when I saw or, or when I realized sort of the different way that I could live and I didn't have to live the way that it was paved out for me, mm. um, that was just mind blowing to me. Which sounds strange, but I never had that. I never had any an example of that. Um, it's kind of like if you throughout your whole life that you can imagine you can remember you've always had that uh, example of what a relationship is and it's always been an, an unhealthy one a terrible one and then you go into a healthy relationship and you're like well I don't know what I'm doing here <laughs> this doesn't seem real or you know you sabotage it. and it was kind of the same thing for me so that's so 
it just opened up a whole new world for me. And from there, of course, I, I built my own, um, you know, I always uh, further awareness, further, um, just, just further, further freedom about who I am and what I want to be and what I want to do. And um, just this notion of you can be anything and you can do anything. And certainly in this country and in Western countries, you know, and thankfully, a lot of our countries around the world, we do have that freedom. Um, but I honestly, to my core, believe it. And that's the, you know, that's what I wanted to um, give to other people, what was given to me. Um, so whether it's healing from trauma, whether it's um, just not feeling worthy or, you know, just feeling stuck or whatever it is. I felt all those things at different stages mm. and being able to work through that. And then the amazing feeling that you feel after, that's what basically the reason why I became a therapist and the reason why I want to do this for others as well. Yeah, beautiful. That's fantastic. I, one of my main messages, so, you know, my primary message to women is to put their safety first. Yes. It's closely followed by their sanity because that's mm. just as important. Um, and so I, I encourage women to tap into therapy, to tap into counselling, to seek support from people and not keep all of their stuff you know holding on to it tightly um i let them know that there's no shame in sharing with somebody who has the experience to really be that empathetic ear and you know listen to what you have gone through and understand and have that kind of um ability to support you in your healing so um it's really beautiful that you're doing that Vanya and um yeah my other message is that everything can be figure outable when you tap into the right support that you know like yes. a lot of the time we get overwhelmed by the unknowns and what are we going to do how are we going to create a better outcome a better life for ourselves you know a lot of the time it doesn't seem it seems impossible to mm. make changes but when we've got that the right person supporting us then anything can be possible and I love that that you said that you know Australia is a place where anything is possible I do think that even though the system you know um there's plenty of room for improvement of with course, the types yeah. of support that are there for women that we are in a good place here in Australia um to actually get support with the challenges that we're going through that um there is a much greater awareness now around domestic abuse in all its different forms and there are lots of specialist services out there who cater to helping and supporting women through those challenges that they face uh, so I know it can be daunting you know thinking about 
opening up your vulnerable self to and your vulnerable situation to somebody else not knowing whether when you have that conversation or you reach out to that person whether that's going to stir things up and perhaps make things worse than what they already are um that there is a positive you know positive thing waiting for you on the other side of those you know first few hard conversations that you might have mm. where you're feeling really raw and really vulnerable that feeling will soon start to change into one where you feel more empowered and strong in yourself again so um, I really encourage you if you're listening to this conversation today to reach out and get some support from somebody like Vanya who has the experience to be able to support you um, to create a better life for yourself where you can once again feel free and whole and that's exactly what mm. I'm here to do too so just know that there are some good women out there in the world who um, have the experience and are equipped to help you and support you through the challenges that you face so Vanya with that in mind um, would you like to share any links to help the listeners to find you Yes. Uh, oh, thank you for that. Um, so I think the best place to start is my website. So www.vanjabericom So it's just my first name and my last name. Um, I have a Facebook, um, I have Facebook, sorry, Instagram and YouTube. Um, so you can connect to me with me on either of those. Um, and I also created a Facebook community because uh, that was something that I was lacking. As I said, I didn't tell anyone that I was um, going to therapy and it can be very, very scary. And so um, I didn't also have that support and that community, you know, that like a sort of like-minded people. Um, I was trying to think a different way and look at a problem a different way. And then I would come back to an environment where we're still all stuck in going around in circles kind of thing. Um, so. I created a Facebook community just targeted at women. It's called Radiant Women. Um, and you'll be able to see it on my website. And what we do there is sort of just the things that we've talked about. So we're bringing awareness and we're bringing healing and um, just challenging some of our beliefs, challenging some of the world's beliefs. And, um, and if you are feeling a little bit scared or even if you're going to therapy, but I think like if you're feeling a little bit scared, you're like, I don't want to do therapy, but I want to start somewhere. It's a good place to start because you can participate and none of uh, the exercises, are, you know, they won't trigger the trauma. It's just more so about self-exploration. It's done at your own pace and, and things like that. There's, we do meditation in there. Um, so if you are listening and you don't know where to start, jump on that, jump in that Facebook community and, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll start there. Um, yeah. 
That's beautiful. That's really wonderful. Now, um, one question that I always ask my guests is because this podcast is called the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, what does that title mean to you as a woman? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it, it represents a woman to me. It does, you know, I, I guess that the tiaras are the, um, to me, is sort of the, obviously, uh, usually it's associated with princesses, but it can also mean the sort of, um, you know, the sheltered side of us in, in a way, um, or the, the um, how do I say it, the side of us that the world doesn't see or label it as, as strong in a way, um, and then the tears is the pain and the triumph is our strength, you know. Uh, so whether I wear a tiara or I don't wear a tiara, the, the triumph is our strength and our ability and our capability, which sometimes we ourselves forget how strong we are. Yeah, fantastic. That's lovely. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much for having me on. If you would like to be a part of a growing community to fast track your healing journey, you can do this in a couple of ways. One way you can do this is to become a supporter of this podcast by becoming a patron. This will help me to help you and other people just like you to discover the resources that are included in this podcast to help you rise back up after hitting rock bottom, after experiencing different forms of abuse. And like I said, you can do this by becoming a patron of this podcast. It's super easy. Just go to the episode notes and click on the link to become a patron. When you are a patron, you will receive exclusive bonuses like the behind the scenes audio files with deep and meaningful insights from conversations with guests that are not included in the podcast interviews plus there are a range of special building blocks to help you to rebuild your life so go check it out and you can join the growing rise up with tiara's tears and triumphs facebook group with over 400 members where you can troubleshoot issues you're having. Every victim and every survivor of abuse has expertise. And being part of a community of peers gives you a safe place to get answers to questions that you have and to share what you know with others. Again, just go to the episode notes to become a member of the group today. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. 
I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I turned a corner in my life, the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow, hosted by me, Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. 
And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe. Sandy.